Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We've fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team Alright, it's episode 34, season 4, Tottenham Hotspur, Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good evening. And Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi Jav, hi David. Um, And it's Watford where we begin tonight's (laughs) podcast with. Um, So we, we, it wasn't the prettiest of games, but we went back to winning ways and got the three points. Um... Zoe, if I come to you first, job done? Oh, definitely. I think I think the aim very much yesterday from Pochettino's point of view was, was very much to get us back to winning ways, get the confidence back up, potentially get Harry back on the score sheet because obviously form had dipped a little bit. Um, and, and I think the ultimate case yesterday of oh, ways, it was quite up. And I know that the players come out subsequently after the game and sort of said, you know, we needed to be more clinical. We, 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 we should have been more clinical. But I think it was a case of securing the, the, the win, you know, get, getting the points in our hand and, and, and essentially shutting up shot, which we didn't do against United. So as, as critical as we can be of the performance and as in terms of a spectacle and, and the entertainment value wasn't there. It was the, I mean, I put something out on Twitter that it was the most irritating um lackadaisical lackluster 2-0 win that i've ever seen and i had to keep reminding myself at the end of the game that we actually we actually won that um but very happy with the three points we needed that um going into the next game although it's to to my mind i think to the players and, and and everyone you know every other fan's mind is that it's it's no way job done it's very much halfway point we've got three points and we've got another game in hand now to to really stake a claim on third, and I, and I think third is uh, is ours to lose. But I, I was just saying to you guys off air, I'm I'm quite embarrassed about the uh, the chants coming from the Watford fans. I'm saying I, I don't didn't realise there were so many closet Arsenal fans so, in Watford. So just just to expand on that, we had a question from Dominic Sibley um, on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Dom Sib. Um, he asked, any ideas why the Watford fans at 2-0 down were singing It's Happening Again and why the fuck were they singing Wenger songs? Um, I was at the game. Mm. I haven't got a clue. Can anyone enlighten me? And I, I have a slight theory. I have a slight theory and it's because they're neighbours. The training grounds, Watford training ground and the Arsenal training ground are essentially next door to each other. Um, and that's the only thing I can go off of why there would be, you know, any sort of Arsenal inclination there. It's the fact that, that the, the training grounds are, are practically, you know, um, next door neighbours. But uh, again, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a case of it's the, it's the easy thing to throw at us, isn't it? About, you know, obviously the result in the FA Cup and us 
bottling i hate using that phrase but you know what i mean it, it seems like it's the, the easy thing for rival fans to throw at us oh you bottled this that and the other and uh, i don't know i think it's just it's, it's 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 an easy thing to throw at us to try and get a response but um I think I heard on the I think I heard on the TV there was um there was a reply of you're just a, sh- a shit loot in town which I thought which I thought was really funny. There was there was that <laughs> and then there was the um for Hey Jude's number. Uh, oh, uh, I, nah, nah, I don't nah, like nah. that chant. I don't like that chant. I think it should be used sparingly for for particular occasions. The first time I heard it was um, a couple of seasons back when when we thrashed West Ham four one. Yeah. And at the end of the towards the end of the match. Um, that was being sung, and it was oh, great. And it was yeah. the first time I heard it, and it was it was great. But when it's just used against, I don't know, teams that we don't necessarily have any rivalry with, or or, or we're just one nil up or two nil up, it takes yeah. away from the value of the song. It should it should be used on particular occasions. Um, and I think after that, it, it it loses the impact, and it just becomes. Um, it doesn't. We don't cover ourselves in glory. I think as a club, when we start doing that, and I, I think we're, our, our fans. I'd like to think our fans are far better than that. Um, mm. David Hugo Lloris, he's come mm. in for a lot of stick recently. Yes, fair to and say I'm... he had a good game yesterday. Absolutely. I mean, you could argue he was man of the match. I, I tend to favour um, Trippier, but I, I, Lloris did everything that was asked of him yesterday. There was one moment when he came out um, with a slide tackle that I thought he might be second best to, but he made it. And then, fortunately, he started to point at his defenders and started to break them like a captain would do um, and, and trying to sort it out. But, yeah, he, he was arguably man of the match. So, yeah, I, I he, he comes under too much criticism for my, for my liking. He makes mistakes. Who doesn't? But you you know very well when a goal makes mistakes, it's glaring, isn't it? He mm-hmm. gets punished. Harry Kane tries turning inside, or Eric Lamella turns inside, loses the ball. We get a bit of a moan, nothing. But it's, it's no different to to uh, Larice making that one mistake. Only too often the ball ends up in the net when he does it, and everybody wants him um, rather stuck in the gallows. I think, no, a good I, I, game. Think, I think that probably. A goalkeeper followed by a striker. They are the two positions that, particularly if you purchase a new goalkeeper or a new striker, they've got to make an impact. Well, in the case of striker, he's got to make an impact straight away. Score goals. You know, you know, if he if he if he misses a few, it's gonna start to play up. With a goalkeeper, he's just got to do the bread and butter really, and not but not make any clangers. Um, if you're, I don't know, a midfield player or, or, or a defender, you you can get away with. Um, I think you can get away with a, with a lot more. Mm. Um, doesn't mean to say that you won't be found out, or it means to say you're, you're going hiding. But it's just it's so much more magnified. I mean, Darren um, Pamant has said, Larice also good today. Some solid saves, um, good decision making, and um, even safe with the ball is at his feet. Was that was he sticking two fingers up? to his recent doubters. Um, for me, Lloris, he, he, he did the basics very well. He made a few good saves, very good saves. And the thing that some people give him stick for coming off his line, I, there were two occasions where he did that and he was spot on on both occasions. And I think if we had another goalkeeper, um, I referred to it a few weeks ago, somebody like Brad F- um, Friedel, who was a solid goalkeeper, that type of goalkeeper would have stayed on their line. 
and it could have been a different story. But that Lloris is a sweeper keeper, and he came out and on both occasions. He he got the ball and you know didn't make a mistake, and, and therefore it l- looks good. And I think obviously when he when it when he when he comes off his line and he makes a mistake, then suddenly he's accused of having. A rash of blood to his head, that sort of thing. But I think that's his first season when he when he um, signed for us um, under AVB 2012-2013. He used to come out a lot more off his line. I and I like that. I like the fact that we that that's part of his game. And it was good just to see him confident yesterday and self assured, which you, you want from a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, is there a is there a correlation between um, when Larice wears a green jersey and plays well, because I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> I, I like I like the fact I like the fact goalkeepers traditionally they used to have green jerseys more often, and nowadays you know it, it can be all yellow or blue or, or whatever. And I'm always one for goalkeepers wearing a green jersey, and I don't think I've seen Hugo make a make a mistake in a in a green jersey. No, that's probably because of his Irish mother. <laughs> it's it's funny it's funny you know that we're we're talking about Larissa because I think the last time we all three of us were on the pod together we had this we had this very same discussion didn't we about Larissa and obviously it was it was after that um those couple of games where he'd really um he'd really not covered himself in in a huge amount of glory but I think um it's like you're saying Jav I think it's a it's a it's an argument yesterday his performance uh, you know, arguably man of the match, and again, I agree with David. I I, I favoured more for Kieran Trippier, even though I got completely, um, I got some stick about that on Twitter this morning. So um, it's obviously a, a to- I think a toss up between the two of them. Either either or could have been given man of the match. You know, Loris obviously kept us in the match with with the saves that he made, and they were they were good saves, and he, he came off his line well. But there was that argument again of, um, you know, as Spurs fans, are we too rash in in our in our judgment about after you know a player d- dips in form slightly and suddenly you know we're looking to get him out the door or you know replace it. he's not good enough anymore and, and and I don't I don't necessarily agree that that's that that's the case with with every player and certainly not with with Larice. I I made the point that he was our captain and he invariably is the first name on the team sheet aside from obviously the uh, the FA Cup semi-final I, I don't know whether that's had something to do with his performance yesterday I don't know whether that's um him maybe getting a message from Poch that a warm deservedly from the, his cup performances was going to start but maybe it was an underlying thing of actually I need to buck my ideas up a bit here and and, and and you know try and get myself back on track but again I, I'm, I'm a I'm a big Loris fan I, I I would hate to see him go anywhere anytime soon. I think he's vital for the club. I'm, I think he's vital for this the club's statement and, and intent of of keeping players like him at the club. And I think what is it they say? Form is temporary. Class is very much permanent. And he is a classy, classy goalkeeper. Mm. David, you, you mentioned yeah. Trippier earlier, having a good yes. game. Well, it's funny. So I agree with you, Zoe. We was very quick to to pile on, or the fans of to pile on a player who either has a bad game um, or has a bad five minutes. Even mm. you know, games are won and lost on mis- 
mistakes. They're human. Yeah. Um, and, and you just have to, sometimes you just got to suck it up and accept it. Um, if it kept happening over a whole season, it really, the players had it, you know, were fair enough. But this isn't the case. And, and I could see people's already starting to have a go with Trippier because um, Richarlison took him apart a bit <laughs> towards the end. Um, he got, boy, say, got him apart, but he went past him. But he had a great game and he was very much part of everything dangerous we did. And yeah. so much came from Trippier, from his crosses, from the width he gave. Um, he got behind again. Uh, he, he, he was tremendous in the game. So, um, I, I, yeah, I liked a lot of what he did yesterday. And well done, Trippier. Um, just going back sorry, to, to, to your quote um, there, um, sorry, in relation to Hugo about form being temporary, class being permanent. Um, that's probably also reflective of, of us as a club recently, if you think about it, because our form's been pretty pretty poor the last few weeks. But, um, you know, we, we and, and it wasn't great last night, but we dug out, we got a result. We're still in the top four. We're, what, a point behind Liverpool. If we win our game in hand, we go third. Um, I, I know it hasn't happened yet. I know there's still a bit of football to, to be played, but um, the cream does rise to the top. Hmm. Do you think a third third is asked to lose now, Jav? Do you, th- you know, we get a result against West Brom. Do you think that then, then that you know it puts us in a position where third is then subsequently asked to lose, as opposed to to Liverpool's yeah. to sort of regain? Yeah, I, I think I think the West Brom ga- game will be will, will, will be crucial because um, oh, bloody West Brom. <laughs> they've hit they've, they've, team. they've hit some hit some form and. Um, uh, they're not relegated yet, although it's probably that that's almost certainly going to happen. Um, but uh, but I'm 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 confident that we can get something. We'll, we'll talk about West Brom in a bit. Um, just going back to the game yesterday and, and some questions from listeners. Um, Joe Byron, are there any mitigating factors supporting Poch's continual decision to sub Sissoko over Mora? Or really, any other player available? Actually, um, Zoe picked on that particular point a little earlier when uh, it's about shutting up the game. Mm-hmm. It's something we, we've we've not got the art of yet, and I'm sure Pochettino's working on that, being able to close a game down when we're ahead. And that's why I think Sissoko was brought on. He is a. I know his first touch, and I agree with people. His first touch is not great, but we are where we are that is fourth and can get third and we've done that with Sissoko no matter what you think of him he's been a great part of this season he is a physical presence and he was brought on as far as I can see and I was happy when he came on I thought yeah I can see why Watford are a big physical side and I don't think Mora was the right person at that stage we weren't going for a third goal we wanted to shut up shop and I think he was right to come on and give that physical presence. And I know he blazed over the goal. Um, and and, and who, who expected him to hit the back of the net? Not many, I don't think. But, hey, it's 2-0. So Pochettino made the right um, right decision, didn't he? Hmm. You know, I, I, won't, I won't knock it, actually, funny enough. I, I, I know you want more. We're not in that situation. You know, we need the three points. It is essential almost that we get third place. If we don't get that, it really feel like a, a, another disappointment behind the FA Cup. It would it would almost feel like another season collapse, wouldn't it? Really, 
as as, yeah. as 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 dramatic as that sounds, and I, and I take no, I take no joy in saying that because I think, think you know, top four is the bare minimum. After the seasons we've had, the bare minimum we require is is, is top four. But I think to um, I think you're right in what you're saying there, David, about Sissoko coming on, and, and as much as it's almost that collective sort of oh, that collective sort of sigh as, as you see his number come up, mm. and 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 I I I. I I'm not one to to really berate Sissoko. I think, you know, he's played a bigger part in this side this season for a reason. I mean, look at the first year he signed for us, and you know he was a, a bit bit part player, and um, this season he's had to really step up because we lost um, we lost Dembele for a little while during the start of the season. So yeah. we 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 had to bring him in, you know, and 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 for a while he was he was he was starting games for for, for a time for us. Yeah, he, he played. I think halfway in the season, he played more minutes than any other Spurs player. Yeah, about halfway the season, we'd lost we'd lost Wanyama and Dembele at one point, didn't mm. we? So we, we yeah, we had we had we had to rely on Soka. We had to bring him in and, and sort of put him in there and sort of trust him and say, look, you know, we we needed to do a job for us now. You know, regardless of whatever people may say or what my, my people or may think or put up on social media, we need you to come into this side and we need you to do a job. And we have managed to so far. All being well, I really don't want to jinx it, but all being well, you know, secure top four with him playing a fundamentally yeah. large role in, in, in doing so. And, and so to, yeah. to to berate him for coming on to the pitch yesterday, I, I think is unfair. Um, well, you're criticising Pochettino again. I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I don't see that. That bothers me. And that bothers me. That um, I think, you know, that, that little... Un- or guarded or unguarded moment when he said with you know he said about his future be it with me or, or without me you know I, I wondered a little bit of thinly veiled that the fact even getting fed up with the fans that are criticising some of his decisions and mm-hmm. it worries me it may mm-hmm. not be the case but that worries me and every time we boo Sissoko partly you're booing the manager in making that decision yeah I think I think you're right I think you're right I think Mora, we'll see a lot more. We'll see a lot more of Lucas next season. I'm, I'm 99% sure of that. I, there's, you know, I think they, they might like to make a, a big deal of the fact that Sissoko and Mora were, were very much Levy signings, and Pochettino didn't necessarily want them. But you know, he's part of the squad now. And as far as I can see, Pochettino will do everything in his power to mould Sissoko into a player that can come in and make an impact, as as he will Lucas. Uh, Lucas may be technically better and he and he may have a bigger impact long term at Tottenham and, and and maybe not necessarily we see that with Sissoko but to to throw the guy under the bus for being subbed on I, mm. I don't think it's fair I really don't no, um, no. his finishing could be better should... <laughs> that was yeah a, of course that was, it could that was, that, was a, that was a shocking chance but again did did anybody really expect him to hit the back of the net I think we'd be more surprised no. if he'd hit the back of the net than blazing it over I wanted him to hit the back of the net. I really did. Just so did for, I. But, you know, I wasn't surprised one bit. Um, like you said, Zoe, he, he he wasn't a Pochettino signing. He was a Levy signing. That's a bit weird in itself. Um, why does Pochettino continually pick him week after week? Um, it's perhaps a mystery to, to many fans, but you can't deny the fact that he's, as you both said, he's played a significant part this season. Um, particularly 
like you said earlier, when there were parts of the season very early on when we had um, both Wanyama and Dembele injured. Um, on the Pochettino thing, he you know he comes in for a lot of, a lot of stick recently um, by our fans, and that's fine. He's he's not fallible. He's he's capable of making mistakes, and there's nothing wrong with questioning that. But this is a man who has got us, you know, from whatever position it was under Sherwood to fifth with a squad that we had to 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 third and going toe-to-toe with Leicester to second last season. The first time since 1963. 1963! Mm. I mean, that is like, you know, given we've had... It's a prom- the promised land. Yeah, <laughs> he's not got there quite yet. We haven't won a, that league title. Nobody has no. since 61. Bill Nick didn't win it again. Um, no. Keith Birkenshaw did, didn't. Um, the, some of the players that um, I have some older fans than me go on about the likes of Hoddle and Ozzy Ardiles and, and the ones that people get nostalgic about because they they associate FA Cup wins and UEFA Cup wins and all of that which is fine and Graham Roberts and, and, and all of that none of them won the league, none of them got that close um, he's done fantastically well and consistently got us what two seasons on the trot, Champions League hopefully three seasons mm. um you can't question where he's taken us, um, and I think he's, he's done it. Have you? I was going to say, have you seen the rhetoric recently where he said, "Look, we're ahead of where I intended to be hmm. at this stage," and and again, that sort of rhetoric that's coming out from him is almost like a plea for still patience from the mm. fans. Yeah, and that again, that's what's bothering me. Um, and we are, you know, we 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 expected. Um, an improvement we were given a promise of this stage i think that we'll get to champions league of course he he got there in his pretty much his first season you know he was challenging certainly the second season we're challenging almost winning the league title mm. all that was there and now the fans are saying well we're there you know why don't we just spend that extra 200 million on players how come we're not winning well you know it's it's we're possibly almost like in a false position but a little more patience from the fans is required it is, and and you could almost argue that season with Leicester, we were punching above our weights. Um, that sounds like I'm like I'm being critical or, or saying that when we we weren't good enough, and we found ourselves in a position that we shouldn't have, perhaps because of the failure of others. But but no, we 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 didn't expect to at that point in the Pochettino. Um, to use a phrase I know that John Steggles likes project um, we, we weren't at that point in the um, we, we weren't expected to be there that, that, that far ahead what, what, what I'm sure Enoch wanted was for us to qualify for the Champions League which we've done previously with Harry Redknapp um, and then do that regu- regular, regularly which, which we're now doing um, and that's, that's the position we want to be in going into the new stadium and then we and then we push on from there. Of course, it's frustrating that we haven't won any trophies. Um, you want that as fans, and I think our expectations have have risen because we've done so well. And yeah. suddenly we sort of think, well, we we almost feel it's like a divine right that that we mm. should have a trophy, and um, it, it's going to take time. But I've, you know, I've, I think the we're better placed than we ever have been in the Absolutely. last 40, 50 years to win stuff. 
you might argue we've won trophies at other points in our history where we've had poorer teams and that's fine but when we did for example win a league cup in 2008 or, or a league cup in 1999 what happened thereafter we didn't exactly push on we didn't we didn't improve it was almost like they were just there were things that we won which were great at the time but it was it was a a joyful moment in in an otherwise um, depressing period as a Spurs fan. Whereas now, I think we, we it's it's a good time to be a Spurs fan. It it's great. It, it's just um, there's that consistent consistency. We're 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 at the top of the top half of the top not top half top part top four in, in the table. Um, we're a formidable force. We just need to go that extra mile. If I can throw rival a, a, a thing about rival uh, teams in here, just just for a second, Jazz, mm-hmm. just while you're making yeah. that point, United spent five hundred million pounds and have gone nowhere near the league this season. And uh, in terms of trophies, you know, as important as it is for us to get over the line mentally to win one, Arsenal won three FA three FA Cups in three years or whatever it was, or three, you know, and mm-hmm. subsequently, you could say that they've actually regressed as a side. So to, to to say winning a trophy is is the be all and end all, it, it, I, I I don't believe that it is. You know, uh, it's a it's a good it's a good um, physical tangible thing to show that you have progressed in, in a particular area of 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 you know of the game. You, you know, you've you've managed to to win a a cup, and and every single fan wants trophies. No no fan is saying that they don't. And it'd be great to eventually get over the line in something, but to say that's going to take us to the next level and we'll be signing, you know, bringing in, you know, world-class players, which which is what we need to do to take the next. But that's not going to happen overnight, and I think that's why the word project is used so frequently because it is very much a a work in progress, and I think a lot of fans need to realize that and, and 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 sort of manage expectations accordingly I'm, to, I'm more than happy to, to trust in pochettino's method i really, really am yeah just on 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 the question um and i know that the emphasis was more around sissoko than mora but on mora i've got to say I, and i'm not I'm not saying I'm not a fan of his. I can uh, straight away when he played against. I think it was Rochdale. I thought he's here's a player who he can also handle. He can he can handle handle himself. Um, he seems to cope with the physical aspects of, of the game. He offers something different, etc., etc. But I I don't get this whole clamour for people for him to start um, when he's not had. I, I really think next season when he has a proper pre-season, you know, when he has a pre-season under his belt. Um, and not just that, when he's had time to adapt to Pochettino's methods and integrate fully with the team, I think we'll see the best of him. And at that point, I'd, I, yeah, I'd like to see him start more often. But I don't get why we keep thinking. It's almost like there's an expectation that he's um, he's a magic that can deliver. He, he's He's the... The solution to all our problems. I tell you what, I've seen it often enough in football. Fans put put their hopes on a, on a single player. He comes in, he's given a chance. He doesn't do well. Suddenly, he goes from hero to zero, and then then they're looking for the next messiah. 
Same yep. thing happened with Vincent Janssen. Same thing happened with George, Kevin and Kudu. They're, they're unknown commodities, aren't they? They're coming mm-hmm. into the team. Absolutely sort of... Uh, we've, we've seen what he can do at PSG. You know, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily comparing Lucas with Janssen and I'm not comparing Lucas with Nkudu. But at the same time, you know, much is built around their arrival. And it generates an excitement within the fans. That's bound to happen. A new player coming in, you know, someone else to pull on the shirt. And, you know, every player is, is an unknown commodity. And what from what we've seen of Luke, because I think that, you know, coming into the, the, the first game and he, and he looked really good. You know, he, he did. He's got a bit of pace about him, which we, we haven't really got in the side. So he, he looks different to everything else we've got. And so people want to see more of that. But ne- whether that's necessarily the right thing to do, for the stage we're at at the season, like David was saying earlier, and for the player himself, because he may not necessarily be as, as you know, at, at peak fitness levels that, that Pochettino requests. And, you know, it's, it's unfair to, to suddenly allow, just because he's a new player, to come into the side for Pochettino standards to slip and say, well, you know, the, the fans want to see you. So, you know, you're not as fit as everybody else. You've not worked quite as as intently on the training ground as, as every other player, but we're going to play you because the fans want to see you. That's that's not how management works. Mm. Because then you've got you've got players like Flamella and Sonny who are essentially vying for that same position, who have worked their bums off all season to then suddenly be taken out of the side because... Lucas has come in in, in, in January I, I want to see Lucas play I would love to see him get more minutes but managing the season as we are at the moment it, it's important that we get top four as soon as top four is secured you know give give Lucas a run out in, 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 in maybe the, the last game of the season which which hopefully hopefully won't have too much meaning behind it I, I hope but yeah. um, other than that you have to think of the team first and, and the team's goal is to secure the top four at the moment that is that is a purely our aim for the remainder of this season and if another player is going to come in that's going to secure us that over over you know trying and, and testing out lucas for a couple of minutes and then i'll then i'll go for that all day long until such point that we've secured top four and then i'll happily watch him in pre-season and, and see what he can do and 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 give him a hundred percent chances for the next season it, you know the, the slate is wiped clean Next season starts, everybody starts at the same level, you know, in terms of team selection. Pochettino's 11 almost gets thrown away for the next season. And he's like, right, you know, he secures himself for that pre-season and says, right, who am I going to, who is my first choice 11 for this particular season, 18-19? And we go from there. And if Lucas ultimately performs well and and is deserved to be in that 11 over anybody else in the team, then I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily support him. So we've got just a couple more questions on um, following the game. Um, Ed Brad, a win is a win, but to play two defensive midfielders and bring on Sissoko against Watford seemed, again, very tactically naive by Pochettino. Discuss. Um, I don't... I object to... I I don't consider Dembele a defensive midfield player. Um, I think Dyer and Wanyama are, and I think that Dembele complements those two. He play. He... He's not defensive. He's not someone that can break up attacks in the way that those two would, or, or that would drop back in the way that Dyer can into a, into in, into defence and into a back three. Um, but what, what I think he does, I've always considered Dembele's great strength, is sitting deep and being the transition. If they're the ones who break it up and destroy it, he's the one who can pick it up 
and be the transition from defence to attack, taking the ball forward, using his strength, his balance uh, to glide past the, fa- the players at some uh, sometimes even drawing players and then laying it off to say somebody like Ericsson or Lamella who can then carve openings for Kane or or or, um, or Delhi. that's what I think his, his great strength is and by the way we played with Dyer and Dembele, Dembele a lot particularly the season before last 2015-2016 against some of these very teams I, I don't consider it a defensive tactic personally no, I'd agree. Uh, I, th- I suppose what, what fools you with Dimbele and, and is the fact that he doesn't break into the box. You'll never see him get in the box. And, and we, we try and encourage him to shoot as well, and he doesn't do that. You know he's got a real hammer on him, but he doesn't use it. And because of that, I suspect people start to think, well, he's, he's a defensive midfielder because he doesn't, you know, little one-twos, get in the box and get that nice little threaded pass from Ericsson he doesn't do it he, he remains outside it would be nice because we've already got a number of players that can do that that break into the box take one's twos and just go beyond behind Kane we've got the players like Sonny and, and Ali that do that but it would be nice to have another player that could do that um, and, and if we go on to the next bit where Dembele is now being rumoured to go into China um, it may be that if that is it's the case that we are now looking um, for someone younger that can take on his role and be a little more into the box um, going beyond. Well, I I see that formation, that four-two-three-one, and the the role of those that two to to protect that back four and and to be the transition from defence to attack. I don't I don't necessarily and to free up the three further forward players. Last night it was Ericsson, Delhi, Son that are in behind the 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 target man Kane. Um, I think that was a case when we had Bentaleb and, and Mason playing uh, filling those roles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah we, played, I, I, we played three at the back yesterday, didn't we? Well, we started with three at the back yesterday. We did, yeah, and and certainly at, at times Dyer would 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 drop in and. Um, do that. Um, yeah, I don't personally. I, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's um, naive. You might make a case um, for perhaps I don't know playing somebody like Delhi deeper. I remember when he when he joined us initially, there were a few games where he played alongside Dyer, and I think in his Milton Milton Keynes Milton Keynes days, he used to play in a more central role, not the sort of role that he's occupied now, where um, he's sort of ghosting in the box and and, and getting goals and uh, playing further forward. You could argue somebody like Ericsson, um, perhaps. Is he a number 10 or is he maybe more of a number 8? There are certainly times in games where he, he can drop deep and dictate the play. There's been matches, I think, this season where we've taken Dembele off and when, when we're chasing a game and we've put somebody further forwards, say, replaced Dembele with, I don't know, Lamella, stuck Lamella where Ericsson would, would otherwise be and dropped Ericsson further deep. Yeah, you could make the case for that and you could certainly, and there's a question later on in the wrong order, you could certainly make uh, a case for perhaps needing to replace Dembele or, or bring a younger version in. Um, 
But I, I, yeah, I don't subscribe to the view that it was particularly defensive yesterday. Um, Kent Goodrich, um, question from him. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Kent Goodrich. He just says, So I wonder if the pundits' narrative will be Liverpool are, are under pressure in lacklustre form in the league and in danger of being pipped to third by Spurs. A, hey, who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I well, there won't be much about that. <laughs> I actually replied to him on on Twitter when I when I, I read that last night, and uh, I replied to him. I just said, "Yeah, Kent, wishful thinking, honestly, because you just you just can't see it. You know, uh, there's not, not much has been made about the fact that it's, if you look, at, you know, the, the in, on the the TV and the media thing is that you know Chelsea are two points behind Tottenham and this, that, and the other, and it's not that you know Tottenham are now um, chasing Liverpool down. They've got two games in hand. I very rarely heard that, actually. But, you know, even yesterday, after watching the Monday Night Football, it was a case of, you know, Spurs have pulled away from Chelsea into fourth. Not not the fact that we've got another game in hand on Liverpool and could potentially end up in third and, and Liverpool could be the one in danger of missing out in the top four. But that didn't even enter their into their vocabulary to, to discuss that. And I thought that was very strange, but not surprising at all. Not surprising at all to me. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's that's how they were on Sky. There was a little earlier loving with with Sky. I must admit, when they put all the figures um, up on the board, they did all the tra- transfer dealing since Pochettino's taken over, um, which I thought was quite. Have you seen it, Javid? Have you? No, um, no. Yeah, they did. did, they did all the, the the spent received net spend, and how well we've done. And and if you sort of look at that aspect of the game and it's quite interesting. I won't go through it all because it'll just be a bit boring on here start putting stats like that but you know showing how much Manchester City Manchester United have spent um, against what we've spent certainly in net terms and, and but we can never in the, in the near foreseeable future we're never going to be able to compete with that I must admit so they were but they were they were giving us um, us and Pochettino a lot of praise over that uh, but later on you're quite right Sally um, it was about Chelsea we're on our it's as if the, uh, there was a, a loudspeaker into the Spurs changing room before the game and if you don't win this you know Chelsea are right behind them and you could sense they were trying to bring that uh, attention on, on us all uh, it's just ugh, yeah it should have been uh, pointed out that uh, Liverpool were equally under pressure but of course the Liverpool loving is still for tomorrow night isn't it so that's what it's all about with Liverpool I think a lot of that I was discussing this with the, with the, with the United fan um, at work yesterday and, and he, he hates Liverpool and I whilst I don't have the hatred I have for Liverpool that I would have for say Arsenal or Chelsea um, they are really starting to annoy me um, and I think part of the reason why the media um, you know, apart from the obvious, all the ex-Liverpool pundits we we see, and and all of that, I think something is, it, or a lot of it is to do with the fact that it's Klopp. Yeah. And I think that Klopp has got that charm about him, um, that that charm factor, and they they like him. They like him at press conferences. If you contrast that to say, I don't know, um, Pochettino. Who, I love Pochettino. I could watch his press conferences all day, but they are—I don't want to say they're bland or boring. They're not. But there's no. 
occasionally they can be he can be he's he's certainly very he can be very funny he can be very witty but it's it's very serious generally it's very he's not animated uh, at all is he no, he's not no, animated no, 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 no. no you won't you it's very seldom whilst there are some of his press conferences which which are hilarious and 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 um he'll he'll say something and it's and it's funny and 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 the human side of it side of him comes through it's seldom that you'll get a headline from Pochettino um with Mourinho, particularly when he he arrived in English football at Chelsea, the media liked him a lot. They they I think that's less so now. I don't know, probably because he's grown into an old cantankerous man. Um, with Klopp, there is that factor, and, and they like him a lot. But it'd be interesting, dare I say it, if we finish third in the table and Liverpool finish fourth. Slight possibility they could even finish fifth. I less likely but not inconceivable um, and if they were to not win the Champions League that would be no different their season this season would be no different to the season they had last season They last season they finished fourth but as I recall they only did it on the last, last day of the season they didn't win any trophies if they don't win the Champions League this season that's another season without a trophy and if they finish fourth that's no different from last season and then, I, then I'd, be, I'd like to know if Klopp is, starts to get a little bit of stick, and all the questions and all the things that are thrown at Pochettino will be asked of Klopp. I doubt it for the moment. Um, okay, in the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, um, we will look at the West Brom game. We'll take a few more of your questions, but before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hey, uh, it's Bex. So the girls played on Sunday and that was a bit of an exciting game. Much as I hate the word, I'd almost say it was a Spursy kind of thing going on. So the girls had a really easy first half. They were 3-0 up at half time. And then in the second half, Durham scored three in 10 minutes to level the scores at 3 all. The three goals for Spurs ladies were scored by Bianca Baptiste and Wendy Martin, um, who's been much quieter than she was last season last season she basically looked at a ball and scored and for some reason um maybe it's the change of going up a league it's not been quite so easy for her however she's still playing as as a good team member um so yeah and then the girls scored three very quick goals um late in the second half to give them a nice 6-3 win who doesn't love a win with a scoreline like that apart from the minor heart attack at you know being three nil up and then getting three all hence the spursy recollection Manager Karen Hill said after the game, I thought we were outstanding. I think every one of the players played an 8, 9 or 10 out of 10 game and that's why we won. So that's really encouraging to hear uh, from Karen. Their next game is Wednesday the 2nd of May and that is, um, that's the home match that was rescheduled from earlier in the season when the weather was bad and that's against Millwall Lionesses. So that is a 1945 kickoff. Please, if you can go, then go. It's definitely worth watching. So the girls have finished the weekend uh, sixth in the table. Again, it's still a, a mid-table is a good place to be for them. Um, we'll have to see what next season brings. If anybody has any questions, I am one on Twitter, our bunch is Bex. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Um, talking to Spurs ladies, Zoe, you were at Chessant on Sunday? Yeah, so it's it's local to me. Obviously, Watford's not a million miles away from uh, Chesson and uh, yeah um, went to see the, the Spurs ladies game and met 
the lovely Ledley King, which was a personal life moment that I could sort of tick off. Um, he was brilliant. It was it was really it was, it was a, a, a quite an eventful game. I think it, it ended six three in the end. So uh, <laughs> oh wow, bit of a bit of a bit of a topsy turvy one. But um, uh, no, it was um, Ledley was in Hertfordshire. And uh, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to try and get down to to see him. So my sister very kindly uh, came with me, and yeah, we both met Ledley and got a couple of pictures. And he signed a flag for me, and he also signed uh, um, one of my sketches of him. So I've got uh, I've got that now. So that's a prized possession that I'm going to try and find a frame for. So yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant day. Were you a little bit starstruck? Very starstruck, and you know, I mean, you've you guys have spoken to me enough, enough times now to know that I'm not not talkative, and but it was one of those things where you've seen a player play on that White Hart Lane pitch so many times, you know, and idolised him for so long, and suddenly he's standing in front of you, and you almost can't believe that you're that you're standing in front of him. He, he's taller than I thought, I have to say. I know he's a big centre-half, but just in terms of the actual like, height and stature, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like you're uh, Maybe it's because, you, you know, at White Hart Lane all those years ago, I was quite, a, you know, a little bit farther away from the pitch. You can't necessarily tell the, the players' statures as such, it, it, true to life. But um, I was very, very starstruck. And he seemed impressed by the drawing, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we've got West Brom on Saturday. Um, so you, you touched upon it earlier, um, but being whether it being that pivotal game that we can win, um, and, and I think coming back to what I started saying earlier, I think that that's going to be that's the one that we that's the one that we need to win because if we if we can get that one out of the way, the next two both at home, Newcastle. I don't. I think they're a bit like Watford. I don't think they've got anything to play for. And by the time, you know, if we're if it's in our hands still, by the time we go into the last game, then um, I'm, I'm fairly confident we can do it. Leicester will probably raise their game. They seem to do that against us, but they were pretty poor at the weekend, um, losing to Palace. And there's been a lot of talk already amongst the fans calling for. Um, uh, Cloud Puyall's head. Um, Vardy's missus doesn't like us either. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think this, this will be a tough one, and um, they're not relegated, as, as we said, and um, I don't think they've dropped any points since Darren Moore's been in charge. Sorry, they have dropped points. They haven't lost. I don't think they've lost any games. So I think they've they've won uh, uh, one or two, and, and certainly drawn a few. Um, I think we can go 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 there and do it. Historically, in the last few seasons, we struggled, but I think that's because we played Pulis teams, um, and they always make it difficult. Um, I don't like Pulis teams; they they scare me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think we, I, I think we can go there and get two 0 win. I'm going. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Very bold, very bold. I, I'm concerned for the very reasons you've just mentioned uh, um, that they are. Darren Moore's getting a real tune out of them. He really is. Um, we're not at our best, as you were saying um, earlier. Um, we are struggling for form a little bit, 
Uh, and I think we will again. That's why I think we did quite well, yes, uh, to get the 2 0 win. Um, I, I, I'm going for 1 1. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Um, as, as you're quite right, you say, Jav, get a win there. And, um, you know, that's. We're on our way. It's only, I think, only one win out of the two, you know, for, yeah. for sure. Because Liverpool have got to play Chelsea at the weekend as well. Yeah, they've so, got to take points of each other potentially. They've got to yeah. take points of each other, and they're the, the two that are around us. So if we can, if we can win our, our remaining fixtures, then obviously you know it's very much in our hands to lose, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well, a draw wouldn't be a bad result if if the other game ends up being a draw as well, because Chelsea wouldn't be able to get any further ground on us, and Liverpool wouldn't capitalise either, and we we'll still have the game in hand. Yeah. So, yeah, as, as long as the other game is a draw, then a draw for us wouldn't be the end of the world. But hopefully we can get the three points. Zoe? I, I hate having to rely on other teams to do us favours. So as much as, you know, a draw wouldn't be the worst result, I think we have no like no other choice but in, in, to look at this game and, and, and think, you know, we have to, we have to, in, in whatever, by hook or by crook, we have to get three points here. Just There's just no way about it. But I think... The problem I have with West Brom, and I, I've been on a podcast with you before, Jav, as we've discussed mm. um, after certain West Brom games, and they're just they're just that team, aren't they? They're just that bogey team that always seem to trip us up. Like you know, we'll um, we'll be playing well, and and, and somehow we'll, we'll be winning a game, and, and we won't be a clinical, and, and and eventually we'll let them back into the game, and, and invariably we'll either draw the game or or, or end up, you know, occasionally we've lost against them, sort of one nil. 2-1 before um, so there's always that fear element with, with, with West Brom as poor as they've been this season and, and obviously their league position shows that you know glaringly obviously that, they're, that they've not been um, they've been West Brom but they've not been able to scrape the results that they've needed in order to remain in the Premier League so far I mean as you say it's not mathematically over they could still rescue themselves and I think that's going to play a huge part in in the, the context of this game and, and how much West Brom are, are, are willing and, de- and, and desperate to, to force themselves up and to stay in the league. Um, so I, I, I'm always nervous when this fixture rolls around. Um, and again, I think, I think David, it's a sensible thing to predict a draw, isn't it? Because I think your, your, your head almost says that's what's going to happen because it's happened so frequently before. You, you know, you, you, my, my heart wants it to be a, a Tottenham win and, and go into the last few games, you know, with, you know with, 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 with everything on our side. But how often do we say that about Spurs? You know, yeah. if we win this game, uh, you know, it's in our hands and then invariably, you know, yeah. we'll draw or lose and 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 yeah. and everyone's dejected and 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 the head seemed to drop so I, I hope that doesn't happen um i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a one one as well um just because I, I i i could see potentially that sort of result happening but i would like to think that we could win two two one three one but you know i think that i think they will i think they'll score against us unfortunately and, and it'd be one of those games where it's that real um, edge of the seat, biting your nails down to their, <laughs> to their, to their nearly gone. But um, I, I hope we can get the win. I really do. The, yeah, the, the the bad form. I think we could probably trace as far back as since the Chelsea win, 
because I don't think mm. we, were, we were convincing the week after against Stoke, even though we won, and then obviously the rest of it we know: City, Brighton, United. Um, we weren't good yesterday, though we did get the result. And at some point, I like to think before the season is out, at some point we've got to start to hit some form, as well as obviously get 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 the the, the results that normally go with that. So I'm hoping it's going to be. It's going to be on Saturday, and I'm hoping the even though the performance wasn't great, the win will give the lads some confidence, and it'll be the springboard to to push on. Um, okay, let's just finish up with a few questions. Um, a couple uh, at Lee Master eighty one. Is Pot trying to take the pressure and focus off the players with his me or someone else comments? Now we discussed this a bit last week on the pod. Um, David, you were on. Um, I've, I was slightly more reassured when I watched his um, his press conference pre the Watford game on Friday last week when he explains the yes. comments more. Um, I think it's, I think it's just a question of exactly that. He's just trying to take a bit of pressure off, and he's just emphasizing the fact that time is. Is is what's required, and it's a commodity which a lot often people managers don't have in football. Um, chairmen sometimes don't, owners don't don't give managers the time. Sometimes that's justified because sometimes the person that you actually got in charge isn't the right person, and you've got to be as an owner, you've got to identify that and 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 move them on. Um, but if you've got the right person in charge, and I think Levy believes that he does um, then you've got to give them time and I think he's just trying to emphasise that well look if it's exactly that if it's not me and it was somebody else even they would require time and it's it's a it's a project yeah I was I too was reassured when after that um, and, and one of two little things that he said since um, has reassured me that uh, he's um He's here for the long haul, um, but to be patient. And I, I think, again, as I was saying earlier, I think it's to do with the fans as well. Um, us having patience, you know, just because we're where we are, you know, don't think that next season is, is going to be a, a, a Premier League winning season. Um, it will be highly unlikely for next season. Again, it will be trophies. Um, like the FA Cup will be our main um, target, I would hope, <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah. So I, I no, it's. Um, I, I think he's right. The question, the question posed is right. That uh, this has got much to do with trying to manage expectations, whoever it is from. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, I think the whole. Um, oh, we've lost you. Sorry. That, when that when that came out, it was. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Can hear you now. Hello. Yeah, got, got you Sorry, um, I think I think the um, I think the actual comments came after a really disappointing um, result and period for the club. You know, we've been form, and I think it was just it was it was an easy thing to to sort of um, to cling to 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 sort of maybe you know expand maybe more than Pochettino intended to. You know, you have to remember you know that it's it may not necessarily be the fact that he was insinuating it that. He, he was looking to, to to move on elsewhere. I mean, nobody knows exactly what's going on behind the scenes at the club, and I I know I never pretend to to, 
to have any sort of ex- exterior knowledge. But, you know, it, again, it's that thing I was saying about, and like David just said, about managing your expectations and, and, and managing what what we're currently doing at the moment at, at the club. And I, and I know people get annoyed by the by the term project and, and, and people are wanting results now. And, and football is very much based on results. I mean, you know, it's taken our rivals... Arsenal. It's taken them ten years to 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 work out the fact that Wenger was the wrong man, and and has subsequently regressed them. And and it's only because their results away from home have have, have been so dire that that they that they're now subsequently looking to make a change. I don't think we've gotten to that stage yet, and I don't think Pochettino's got to that point yet. I think if the results start to de- deteriorate, and it became obvious that Pochettino lost the dressing room, then those comments become more prominent, don't they? They they yeah. they. They, they would ring ring in your ears like like alarm bells going off but at, at this stage i don't i don't read too much into it and i and i don't think it's healthy that fans do because I, you know we all need to be one in the same with this, this project it's it's all very much everyone's swimming in the same direction everyone's you know backing the team the fans are together because as soon as fractures start to appear within the fan base and it, that ultimate effect what's on the pitch it, it, it can't not yeah. all I do is I look at I look at I look at the team at the other side of North London and I, and I see where I, I don't want us to, to be I, I, I don't want us to see to ever see us in that state because that's not healthy for the fans the club the manager the players it's it, you know I'd rather be having everybody in a harmonious you know state of mind looking to the future Nobody knows what what the future is going to hold. Mm. Nobody knows how successful we'll be in t- in, in five, ten, twenty years time. Nobody expects Leicester to win the league. So uh, I, I I don't I don't necessarily take the argument that he's looking at his future particularly strongly. Just uh, you know, certain players maybe maybe different, but Pochettino I see th- think he very much sees himself long term uh, with us. Yeah. Well, he was. I mean, he's got what three years left on his current contract. He may well sign an extension, but I, I think he's somebody that's loyal. And you only have to look at when he was at Southampton. I think I'm sure that he would have stayed longer than he did, but for the fact that the person who hired him, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, um, Nicola, Nicola Cortese. That's the one. Thank you, David. Where would I be without you? Um, uh, left. Um, yes. And and then I think it was it was halfway through Pochettino's last season, and Pochettino said, "Right, okay, we'll you know, we'll see the season through." But that's it. Once the season ended, he he decided to move on. I think it would have been a different story, um, and I think the same would happen with with, with Spurs. I think if Le- Levy and Enoch sell up, then I think Pochettino will. We'll look elsewhere. Um, okay, final two questions, um, both around Mr. Dembele. Um, Ed Brad, is, is time, age, and injury catching up with Dembele? So time doesn't time stops for no man, or whatever the saying is. Tempest fugit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I I think there's a little bit of that, um, and I think there's a little bit of. Um, cashing in maybe uh, I, I won't be surprised to see Dembele go he's been in and out when he's in he's a beast he's a wonderful mm. player um, but when he's out and he was out yesterday 
you know, I can see everybody going, Whoa, you know, it's, 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 between him and Dai, they're awful. Well, they weren't having their best game, as I say, but the, the whole team was lacklustre. I, I don't want to pick anyone out. You know, Kane has not been, doesn't look himself, even though in an interview he turned around and said, no, I feel sharp. And I thought, well, I don't know. I'm not seeing it, but maybe you are. But certainly Dembele. But it's all to do with replacing him, isn't it? If they've got somebody in mind, um, a, a good replacement, and he does go to China for some silly money, then, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, everybody is for sale at, at the right price and the right circumstances. And maybe he is. I think, was he 30 now? 31? 30. Yeah, Thank you. 30. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he should have another five years in him, in truth. Uh, maybe all the rumours are nothing. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting what you two think. Oh, I mean, the, the, the situation with Dembele, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, he, he superiors, when he's out of the team, long term, who's going to come in to replace him? And, and, and we're right to think like that because obviously, it, 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 like you say, David, time does wait for no man, even if you are the beast Moussa Dembele in that Tottenham midfield. But, you know, um, I think I think Spurs are quite savvy. I think, like you say, I think if there if there is to be some sort of transition period, I think they'll have identified their targets and know roughly who it is they want to to try and bring in long term. Um, I think it'd be foolish not to look long term. But to say that, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was on a, a podcast not that long ago, and, and a question was put in saying about is Dembele finished? Like, is is is, he, is his career? Because obviously he hadn't forced his way back into that into that side, and it was before we had that real run of games. You know, the the Arsenal game, the United game, and that we had a big sort of succession of, of really huge pivotal games, and there was doubt, doubt cast over Dembele's future even then, and. Um, Everyone, you know, it was more the case of you know people sort of thinking along the lines of thinking, you know, maybe he isn't quite what he was, and um, should we be looking to bring somebody in to replace him, and and this that and the other, and then you've got the likes of Harry Winks who are who who himself is is very is at the his career infancy if you like at Tottenham at the moment, who who has also had some some really um, unfortunate injuries, so you know just. Just because Dembele's thirty doesn't necessarily mean that he's um, he's necessarily should be cast asunder. Um, but I, um, I I do feel that um, when he when he had the opportunity to come back into the side, he was our best player for 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 a lot of those pivotal massive games, and it was almost a case of oh we probably shouldn't have said we shouldn't even even have suggested the fact that Dembele was finished. Because he, he was he was he was an absolute monster, and yes, he didn't have his best game last night. But um, everybody is is dispensable in in terms of if a better player can be brought in long term, then they'll be brought in, and subsequently they will. As I was saying about Lucas, they'll they will fight for their place in that team. And and if somebody in the end deservedly starts over Dembele, it's because Pochettino believes that they are. They're better place to start than Dembele, and Dembele's not in that um, necessarily in that in that same state of, of being able to, to start games anymore. But again, only Pochettino and Dembele will, will really know the, the truth behind that. I, I hope that you know he he can st- stick with us. But at that is top top level. I think there's nobody better than him in the, in the Premier League um, in terms of what he does for that midfield. But I, I would like to think that if they are going to replace that that 
that t- conversations are are currently happening, and and a, and a suitable replacement will be brought in. You mentioned he didn't have both. You mentioned he didn't have his best game yesterday. Um, arguably, you could say, but who did? I mean, obviously yeah. Hugo. We talked about, but there were there were a few that didn't play great yesterday. I don't think Ericsson had his best game. Kane looks way way short of match fitness. I mean, is it? <laughs> His touch doesn't look great. And the last few games, we've not been collectively... I mean, there's obviously people like Jan, who've consistently all season has been has been superb. Um, I thought Sanchez played well yesterday. Um, but consistently, sorry, collectively, over several games, we haven't, apart from the odds, one or two individuals, we haven't played well. And, and Dembele's one of those players who hasn't played well. Um at the beginning of the season, there were question marks about him. Um, you know, could he finish games? Could he only play one game a week? Was he fit enough? Etc. Etc. Was he a fading force? And then he had that amazing spell, I think, in late January, February, against the likes of big games, big matches against the likes of United, Arsenal, um, Juventus away, where he was superb, absolutely superb. So he's allowed to have a few bad games, arguably. He's off an age, and he and he's had a lot of injuries. That perhaps time is catching up with him. Personally, I would give him uh, a, just a new one-year contract and just have that sort of rolling on each season, which, which is I think quite commonplace with players anyway in their thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and I'm sure, and I'm hoping that anyway, cl- the club are looking at a successor long-term anyway to him, somebody that's you know, younger somebody that's just as good somebody that's even an improvement um, but that, that that will be hard to find but that's that's the job job of the scouting team and, and Pochettino and I'm sure they, 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 they're they sure they've already got their tar- targets identified and, and already lo- looking ahead to the f- future in a a post Dembele world, whether that whether that's this this summer or next summer or the summer after that, there will come a t- point in time where um, he will move on, or, or or will stop playing, or whatever it may may be. And, and at that point, we'll we we will bring somebody else in. But I'm sure that those that target or targets have already been identified. Um, final question, Richard Healy. With some speculation that we're going to sell, sell Dembele, I think. Um, did you mention China earlier? David? Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Uh, the, that that came up today that there was rumours that um, Dembele was um, could go to China. Um, rumours. That's it. Just rumours. Yeah. I mean, he, he might well. I, I can't see him signing a one-year contract. He'll want, or his agent. You know, me and agents. Um, his agent will want a lot more than that, or he's off. Um, and I, and it may well be China's been brought up because his agent has coughed down the phone and said, "Oh, China." Just a threat, everybody. That's probably what it mm. is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, the, 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 I can see that. I can see the the money attraction. Um, yeah, but then, yeah, would many top teams? Um, is China the only avenue that's open to him? I, as I would 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 top teams go for him I mean there's no questioning his talent but would they also look at it and think mm, he's a bit injury prone he's a bit short term that that sort of thing so maybe China is the only only avenue and if China is the only avenue and he wants a big payday that's fine but if he wants to be playing 
at the highest level, maybe he'll have to compromise and maybe reality will, will, will kick in. And well, it's the and only ma- a- it's the only avenue that the uh, agent can threaten Spurs with. Mm. That's probably what it is. You know, you're you're quite right. Who's gonna the top teams? Who's gonna punt on him? Maybe as. as 30 or over 30 certainly sort of money that's being banded around Manchester United and Man City and Chelsea can only take so many players they can't take all of our players there, yeah. there comes a point where no they're not going to improve their own side so they don't want him so he's then left without so I think China is a little bit of a just a, a, a threat yeah or common sense common sense prevails and he realises that actually he's better off yeah. where he is um Right, so Richard Healy, with some speculation that we're going to sell Dembele, um, why would the club consider any deal? Could any of our players out on loan come back into the fold and surprise us next year? So we've got Josh Onoma out on loan, um, one of many. Mm. Um, would he be perhaps the obvious player that could come in and bolster our midfield? No. No, I've watched him and I, I don't see it. I just don't. All our low knees. I, I've not. If ever I've watched them, I've I've not seen the player I'm hoping to see. And I just think they're um, really just bolstering themselves up for a transfer. That's my piece. There we are. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there, David. I mean, there's not one particular name that you think you know that he's gone out on loan, and he's he's not like. Like um, Josh is, you know, he's, he's he's at Villa, isn't he? It's not like he's yeah. making huge waves at Villa. He's not like we're reading in the paper every day, you know, Starlet on him, you know, having another brilliant game for, for Aston Villa, or you know, um, I think I think the other one would be um, there's Anton Walks, isn't there, out, out mm. at the moment, and um, who's the other midfielder? Um, at Stephen is is it Luke Amos? Luke Ooh. Amos. Yeah. Yeah. Isabel, yeah. Yeah, there. I think that there there are a couple of names that I could just offhand in terms of like central midfielders that are currently out on loan, that are um, in any way, shape, or form, you know, that are going to be anywhere near sort of pressing for the first team. But I, I personally can't see it myself. I, I, to, to to replicate Dembele, it's 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 going to be a hard job in itself, and 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 let alone to, to make that step from Stevenage FC on a regular basis then to come in for the you know for regular Premier League games at, at Spurs I, I can't see it Wh- mm. Harry Winks is um, the only thing the only one I could really sort of um, see well, I was just going to say Harry Winks yeah possibly Harry Winks coming is a boy. in and, and, and doing any sort of job in that in that midfield whether it be the same sort of role as Dembele I, I mean I in terms of the physicality, I don't. I mean, we've had this debate before about um, Winks and Dembele and, and how differently um, their approaches to games. You know, Dembele is, is very much using his strength to, to bypass people in the midfield, and and Winks is uh, more of a passer, so he'll, he'll look to pick out a, a pass rather than sort of fight his way through the midfield. But um, uh, if anybody, I would say potentially Winks, he would, would come in and, and and look to sort of push that midfield to um, next season yeah. hopefully with in- injuries permitting um, and there's also that Oliver Skip who who plays for the for the youngsters I, I quite like the look of I quite like the look, look of him but obviously not for not for the upcoming season I don't I don't see him getting too close to the first team but he's certainly one I think to, to keep an eye on yeah Winks is um, almost forgotten about him I I I'm a, I've have been um, for for a number of years 
the um, first time I saw him was about 2015 in, in a youth team game um, and he, even obviously since when he emerged into, into the team I, I've, I've been a big fan of his and and I genuinely believed the point at which well firstly prior to his first first injury at Burnley last season towards the end of the season but then secondly again when he returned and he started to hit some really good form breaking into the England squad and the team even those games against Madrid away, Liverpool at home, I, I really believe that he would be in the World Cup squad. Um, that's yeah. not going to happen now because yeah. of yeah. that injury. Uh, I think his form dipped slightly just before the injury it did. as well. And then and then he had an injury and um, I hope that that, that, that he, he, he comes back at some point, maybe towards the end of this season. Um, definitely early part a part of the season and as you say so that, that those injuries are, are, are long gone and and he can get a run in the team and technically technically I think he's, he's a superb player obviously a very different sort of player from Dembele um, on the next podcast one of my guests will be um, Wendy Coys from the um, Fighting Cock and the Extra Inch podcast and if you follow, follow him on Twitter he um, he covers a lot of the youth games um, and a lot, a lot of the loanies, so it'd be interesting to get his take on on some of the up and coming players. So um, that will be on Sunday. Um, until then, firstly, thank you, David. Yep, thanks very much, Jeff. Thank you, thank you, Zoe. Thanks for having me back on. Cheers, Jeff. Um, as a, uh, guests on Sunday will be Rebecca. She'll be back back on the podcast. Um, Bex will be back, back and hopefully Windy Coys, um, and that will be yeah this Sunday, a week after, oh sorry, a day even. I'm I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. A day <laughs> after the West Brom game, where hopefully we will not get a draw and win two 0 or win by any margin. Um, until then, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Good night. So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.